Felton mentioned the name and she'd been praying for him. I contacted the church. I met with him last night. The man's name is Colton Ginther. And met with him a little after five, and at age 16, he prayed to receive Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Um, and I asked him if I could have you pray for him. So I wish you could please remember that he's kind of going through a lot of things. He's a 30-year-old young man who lives in Red Creek. And we're trying to help him, see if we can get him out to different ministries of the church, and hopefully on Sunday and stuff too. So if you could be praying for him. But if you would, open your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, and the title of the message is Glory of God, Glory of God, and I think it's a positive message, you won't think so as we go through it, because you'll see how God gets glory, okay, it says, therefore, is Romans 5 verse 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the what? Glory of God. Revelation 4.11, For Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Okay? So it says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. I told you, you may not like the message. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the who? The ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love towards us, and that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement said title is glory of god and like no webster's 1828 dictionary i didn't give you every definition because some really don't apply much but the first definition of glory is a noun it means brightness luster splendor second definition splendor magnificence for thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory. Us recognizing his magnificence. Praise ascribed in adoration, honor. Fifth definition, honor, praise, fame, renown, celebrity. When someone gets glory, they become what? Well known. In Scripture, this was the seventh definition in Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary, it says, the divine presence. That's glory. I have a song by a, a Christian man. We, Judy and I have a CD on it. We went to listen to him when he came to North Syracuse Baptist Church in a Christian concert. And no, it wasn't a rock concert. Okay. And he has a song in it that says, waking up in glory and finding it 
home. Amen? And glory is a verb, means to exalt with joy. So when you give glory to somebody, to exalt with joy, to rejoice, to boast on, and to be proud of. So thou art worthy, O Lord, to be boasted on. Okay? To rejoice in and to be proud of. Okay, turn to Psalm 19. We'll try to go quick. I, try, I always say we're going to go quickly and you know what happens. Okay. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth forth His handiwork. Day unto day are their speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. So the heavens declare what? The divine presence. They point to the magnificence of God. You cannot truly study nature and be an evolutionist. Not and be honest. Proverbs 17 and verse 6 says this, Children's children are the crown of old men. Does that mean I have to put them on my head? And the glory of children are their fathers. The glory of children are their fathers. We're losing in this day and age, aren't we? As a society, I want you to understand a lot of New Age religion is based on the glorification of the female. And it goes right back to Egyptian worship. It goes back to Isis and Horus. It goes back to Baal, the sun god, and his mother. It goes back to Venus, the god of love. All those things, are, there's nothing new under the sun. And you have that glorification of a mother-son religion. Not in biblical Christianity. It says the glory of the children are their fathers. You know what glory is? When you think about this. Isn't it when you see something and it does something to you? It just changes something within you. Men are visual, right? And I'm kind of pulling the verse out of context. I'm telling you that. I'll give you the verse. You can go and look it up later. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 7, in the last half of that verse, it says, the, a woman is the glory of a man. Husbands, likewise, right? What are you supposed to do? Dwell with your wives according to honoring the wife as the weaker vessel and the heirs together the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. Men first are attracted to what they see visually. Then you know what? If they're going to live for God, they need to continue to put that mindset before them. I'm just being honest with you. I introduce my wife to new people or at a pastor's conference say, this is my beautiful wife, Judy. I always kid with her. It says, rejoice with the wife of thy youth. I won't finish that passage for you because then my wife will blush. I'll let you go look it up later. It's in the book of Proverbs, all right? But that idea of when you see something and it does something to you, I want to ask you something 
when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you got to see him truly as he is and you saw yourself as you are, didn't it do something to you? Okay, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Look at verse 19. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? Do you think about that? you know what there is? There's glory in soul winning. I spent that time with Colton last night. He know he need, he knew, and he'd been searching for years. He needs God in his life, and didn't know how to find Him. And he went to this one, and this one, and this one, and he'd had someone who tried to present religion to him. And when I first talked to him, I asked him if he knew he was going to heaven. He said yes. And I said, and what are you basing that on? Well, I'm a good person. So I had fun with that. And I showed him from Scripture he wasn't a very good person. That he was evil in God's eyes because he was a sinner in need of a Savior. Once he got to see who truly who Jesus is because he had a background that didn't know that Jesus was God the Son. That he was holy God and holy man. He was involved in a group that taught that Jesus was lesser. And I just kept giving him Scripture from Genesis through Revelation about who Jesus is. And I'd read it, and I'd turn it around, I'd show it to him, and I'd have him read it, and I'd say, what does that say? So if that's Scripture, this is the Word of God, and this says it's about who is Jesus, and once he understood who he was, and once he saw truly the magnificence of who Jesus is, he goes, I'm ready. Do you want to pray and receive him as your... Yes, I do. Amen? Amen. Okay. Our hope, our joy, a crown of rejoicing. I was wicked excited. He just kind of felt like... <sighs> I was rejoicing. I'm telling you, it was glory, man. Go to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to come back to Romans 5 at some point. <laughs> Galatians chapter 5. You ready? Look at verse 1. Galatians 5. And I almost went to the wrong passage, people. And I wrote down the wrong passage. Yes, it, maybe it is Romans 5. It is Romans 5, excuse me. Romans 5.1. <laughs> I knew it was Romans 5.1 and I wrote down Galatians 5.1. If you ever preach, that will happen to you at some time. Romans 5.1. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope and the glory of what? Glory of God. We have access 
we are able to stand in our access by faith in the grace and the peace that we have with God. You know what lost people don't have? Do you ever notice if they watched you and you're an open Christian and you've spoke to them before, and maybe they'll say, well, I don't really necessarily believe in that, and then when a problem comes, they'll come to you and they'll say, would you please, what? Pray for me. Pray for me. See, we're able to stand because of our access. Our Heavenly Father says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I have loved thee with an everlasting love. We're told to come boldly unto the throne of grace. See, we have an access that the world doesn't have. And we're to rejoice in that, in the hope of the glory of God. Verse 3 says, And not only so, but we glory in what? Put a marker. We're coming back to Romans 5. Go to 2 Corinthians 12. And not only so, we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. 2 Corinthians Corinthians 12, I'm going to read verses 9 and 10. Towards the end, we're going to come back to this passage. And it says in verse 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in what? God gets glory out of your what? Infirmities. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in what? Infirmities. Oh, do you really? In reproaches. Do you know the Bible says when you're approached for the name of Christ, happy are ye? Oh, I love it when they call me a cult. When they give me the bird on the corner. When they yell and scream and call me a nut job because they don't know reproaches. I mentioned to you, Paul Victor, the reproach he's faced for Christ has caused him broken bones and hospital stays. I haven't got to that place yet in America. Maybe if I was more the size of my wife with my big mouth, it might happen. But Because Judy's not very scary. That's only because you don't know her. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, needing things, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am what? Strong. Infirmities, reproaches, necessities, persecutions. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulation, what? Knowing that tribulation does what? Worketh patience. When you're going through it many times, you don't think you are going to get to the other side. It's when you look back at it, Okay, that you can see how God brought you through so many times when you're willing to look. 
knowing tribulation. James chapter 1. We're coming back to now to Romans 5 in a second. But go to James chapter 1. I'm going to give you scripture with scripture about things showing you how the glory of God sometimes it's a great thing. And he gets glory about what you go through. Isn't that just glorious? James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That's not the bends. It's not divers. It's diverse, okay? Diverse temptations. See, i got a bad sense of humor. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh what? But why do they got to make patience female? But let patience have her. Every word of God is pure, okay? Let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. I'm going, Lord. Knowing tribulation worketh what? Patience. Tribulation. First Peter chapter 4. Some people look at this and they don't understand how this passage works. Okay? It says, when patience has your perfect work in you, in James, right? That you'll be perfect. That means complete, mature, entire, wanting nothing. 1 Peter 4. Verse 1, For as much then as Christ had suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind, for he that hath suffered in the flesh hath what? That he sh no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. That's quite a passage, isn't it? Look at verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. God, why don't you love me anymore? Why am I going through this? Father, I can't see the other side. Why does it seem dark? Why has it got to hurt? Why have they turned away from me? Why don't they seem to accept the love I've given them? Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is try you as though some strange thing happened, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye shall be glad with exceeding joy. Really? If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is what? For thou art worthy to receive glory, honor, and power. He's glorified with by what we suffer for him and what we go through by taking a stand to do right because of him. Never have any make you just feel really bad. Make you question. If yet if any man suffer, let me I, gotta, I skipped a verse. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Don't stick your nose into other people's business. 
If you want to restore them, if a brethren be overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual. To be spiritual, you can't think you're better than them. You must be humble. Okay, Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, knowing ye yourselves likewise also can be tempted. Christians ought, should not ought to spend their time looking down, judging other people for what they're doing. You ask my wife. i got enough problems to judge myself. Amen? You still with me? Isn't this uplifting? But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or an evildoer or a busybody in other men's matters. I've talked to somebody who said, what goes on in your home is not my business until you bring me into it. Unless you have a sin as a member of this church, a Christian, that becomes public and then I've got to deal with it in that manner. But just know that Everything is naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So other people may not know, but God knows. And whom he loves, he chastens. Another message. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him what? Glorify God on this behalf. Glorify God. Man. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Great white throne. Eternity in the lake of fire, where they appear. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to their own strength. No, to him. That's who? Jesus Christ, in well-doing is unto a faithful Creator. You still with me? Romans 8.28, For all things work together, doesn't say they are good. All things work together for good to them that love God, to him, them who are the called according to His purpose. There's a reason for it. You still with me? Go to Romans 15. I was only going to start at verse 4, but I want you to see verse 1. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, and not to what? Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. You're trying to build up those who are struggling. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. He's quoting a verse out of the Old Testament, isn't he? As it is written. As it is written. As it is what? That's from Psalm 69. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. I'm glad my Savior received me while I was yet a sinner. Christ died for me. He didn't judge me. He took the judgment for me. And it glorified Him. Isn't that neat? See, see what it's saying? It's, it's written in the Scripture 
It was written aforetime, the Old Testament saints, for our learning, that through patience and comfort of the Scriptures we might have what? And we know that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Got to tie them together for what, what? One mind and one mouth to glorify God. So we're to receive each other. Go back to Romans chapter 5. We're coming close. But all men are liars. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God commended his love towards us, and that while we yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. You still with me? Amen. Christ received us the sinners needing him to save us. Now we go back, and I want you to, Pastor Joe Camilleri said this in a message I heard one time. He's the pastor at, one of the co-pastors at Old Path Bible Baptist Church, um, just the west of Rochester. And he said this, he said, you know what happens? Because you've got to remember, we glory in tribulations, because tribulation worketh patient. You know what he says patience does? It punctures pride. It punctures pride. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Remember I told you we'd come back to that? The Apostle Paul's testimony. We read verse 9 and 10, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for me. But look at verse 7. Paul's testimony to the church at Corinth said, And lest I should be what? Exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. He knew more of God's word. It was given to him. Author of little over one half of the New Testament. The abundance of the revelation, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to what? Well, if God loved him, why didn't he stop that? If God loves me, why does he allow that in my life? Because he's seeking glory in your weakness. He sent a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Because it's not about me, it's about him. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, I want you to know something. Glory of God. There's no place for personal pride in glorifying God. No place. You know what that does? Tribulation worketh patience and patience experience. Patience changes your experience. It changes your practice. What you used to do, you say, find out, well, that's not working. Right? Go back to Romans chapter 5. And not only so, but we also we glory all in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Hmm? Experience leads to hope. Because you learn God got me through. If I do it God's way, God's responsible. Proverbs 16, I quote it a lot here in this church. I want you to realize it. Okay, I'm just going to give you not verses 1 and 2. You can go read the passage. Verse 3 says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, 
Even when you don't understand it, do it God's way. And thy thoughts will be established. You'll understand why God brought this through you and you can give Him glory. Isn't that amazing? Patience, experience, and experience hope. We read in James chapter 1, verses 2-4, through Verse 4 says, but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Men have a harder problem with patience than women do. They just do generally. Not every time, but generally. Okay? So God's going to get glory and he's going to get it in your weakness when you depend upon him and then his power will be seen and people will want what you have. And you won't spend your time looking at someone else. You'll spend your time looking at his magnificence and you'll be glorifying him. And all God's people said, Amen. Good night and God bless.